Thank you for, um, again, allowing me to speak today. It is an honor to be back and speak to the Ripon Society. I don't quite recall the last time I was uh, invited. Uh, I also don't remember seeing a biography of me that was quite so long, but it is a reminder that between conference chair, RSC chair, and chair of the House Financial Services Committee, clearly I cannot keep job. Uh, hopefully I'll keep this one for just a little bit longer. Anyway, I know that ideas are at the root of the Ripon Society, and how do I know that? I know that because I had a trusted staffer read your website. So, uh, hopefully I will provide a few ideas here, um, and we have a big idea that we would like to discuss, and that is an idea for a new paradigm. In banking and capital markets, one that offers hopefully financial opportunity for all Americans. Um, I do recall as I looked at Anita's rough rider sunglasses that um, Roosevelt reminded us to dare mighty things. I guess you can't be a member of the Ripon Society and you know, not know that quote. And Teddy Roosevelt also said, knowing what's right doesn't mean much unless you do what is right. And certainly Republicans on the House Financial Services Committee, including my colleague Tom Ember, we are trying to do what is right. Our committee so far, I take some pride in saying we have successfully guided 65 bipartisan bills through the House during the 114th Congress. And I say that as a proud member of the vast right-wing conspiracy. I recall that Jefferson once said that the ground of liberty is to be gained in inches. So uh, bipartisan is not necessarily my favorite activity, but when necessary, <laughs> do it to further the cause. 31 of the bills that we have managed to get through our committee were actually signed into law. I'm very happy to say that the president was grumpy in signing several of them. So that makes me feel a and I'm told that this is uh, one of the best, if not the best, record of any House uh, committee. So in an era of divided government, again, not necessarily a bad record. But there is so much more that needs to be done for working Americans in a struggling economy that frankly is not working for millions of working Americans. They remain our top priority. And for their sake, we must replace Dodd-Frank. It is essential to America's economic growth. Now, when Dodd-Frank was passed six years ago this month, don't worry if you're not the first in your neighborhood to throw a party. I assure you there is no purpose in doing that. Democrats told us it would, quote, promote financial stability, quote, again, too big to fail, quote, lift the economy. None of this has come true. Dodd-Frank has essentially achieved the opposite. I need not tell you today the big banks are bigger, the small banks are fewer, and even more banking assets are now concentrated in the so-called too-big-to-fail firms. Pray tell, how does this increase financial stability? Instead of ending too-big-to-fail, Dodd-Frank writes too-big-to-fail and taxpayer-funded bailouts into law. It codifies it. This is bad policy. It is worse economics. Erodes market discipline and clearly risk further taxpayer bailouts. It really becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, helping make firms bigger and riskier than they otherwise would be. And instead of lifting our economy, Dodd-Frank has made us less prosperous, contributing to the smallest, <coughs> slowest, weakest, and worst recovery of 
our lifetimes. Incomes are falling, wage growth is stagnant. Small business lending from banks has dropped to a near 20-year low, and entrepreneurship has dropped to a generational low. Now, certain Democrats in this town seem to think they have the moral authority to cripple Main Street in order to occupy Wall Street. The hardworking taxpayers of Dallas, Texas, and East Texas that I have the privilege of representing in the House of Representatives, um, they don't want to occupy Wall Street. They just want to quit bailing it out. And those on the left who rail against a rigged economy, they need to look into the mirror. Because their so-called solutions, like Dodd-Frank, are precisely what rigs the economy in favor of the big and powerful and the well-connected. I need not tell most of you that Dodd-Frank remains a modern tower of Babel, 2,300 pages, 400 new regulations, spawning tens of thousands of pages mind-numbing, job-killing, freedom-crushing red tape. Our friends on the, uh, in the other party need to understand no law this big, this complicated, with this much regulation ever helps a little guy. And as head of one of Wall Street's largest banks admitted, Dr. Ryan gives big banks a competitive advantage, a regulatory quote, moat, if you will. Not only does Dodd-Frank submit their status as too big to fail, it's regulatory waterboarding of community banks and credit unions has created an uneven playing field that gives undeniable, indisputable advantage to firms with the size and scale to absorb its incomprehensible and costly mandates. It is time to level the playing field. It's time to make free enterprise legal again. It's time to offer Americans opportunities to raise their standards of living and for all Americans to be able to achieve financial independence. In a phrase, we need economic growth for all and bank bailouts for none. And this is the foundation that the alternative Republicans are offering the American people. It's called the Financial Choice Act. And yes, we do help pay staffers to come up with these very creative acronyms. <laughs> it stands for creating hope and opportunity for investors, consumers, and entrepreneurs. Our plan rests on the following principles. Number one, economic growth for all must be revitalized through free, competitive, transparent, and innovative capital markets. Number two, every American, regardless of their circumstances, must have the opportunity to achieve financial independence. Number three, consumers must not only be vigorously protected from force and fraud, but from the loss of economic liberty as well. Number four, taxpayer bailouts of financial institutions must end, and no company can remain too big to fail. Number five, systemic risk must be managed through market discipline with profit and loss. Number six, simplicity must replace complexity because complexity can be gained by the well-connected and abused by the Washington powerful. Finally, number seven, both Wall Street and Washington both must be held accountable. Our Republican plan rests on the belief that a high level of private bank capital is the most basic element in making a financial system healthy, resilient, and reliable for economic growth. Recent statements from a number of prominent economists show that there is a growing consensus surrounding the idea of a trade-off between <coughs> heightened levels, heightened capital levels, and a substantially lower regulatory burden. 
Undoubtedly, a strongly capitalized banking sector can help avoid recurrence of the financial crisis, the magnitude of which we saw in 2008. But capital standards that were already complex have become even more complex and controlling with the latest iteration of the International Basel Accords. I do not believe this to be a good thing. The financial choice has a better approach. Uh, the Financial Choice Act, rather, has a better approach. It will relieve financial institutions that benefit from the Federal Reserve and the FDIC from regulations that create more economic burden than economic benefit. In exchange, again, they will, these institutions must meet higher yet simple, simple capital requirements. Our reform plan, and this is important, allows banks to opt in to an alternative regime that replaces growth strangling regulation with reliable accountability. It stops investors from betting with taxpayer money. In a phrase, it is a market-based equity finance Dodd-Frank offering. For banks willing to put their investors in front of hardworking taxpayers in the event of failure, the Republican plan will free banks to help more Americans finance their individual American dreams. Another key part of our reform plan is to end too big to fail once and for all. The answer is simple. Bankruptcy, not bailouts. Recently, the House passed the Bipartisan Financial Institution Bankruptcy Act, which creates a new subchapter in the Bankruptcy Code, tailored to specifically address the failure of large, complex financial institutions. This is a key part of the Financial Choice Act. We prefer bankruptcy over bailouts for several reasons. First, the bankruptcy process is administered through the judicial system by impartial bankruptcy judges charged to guarantee due process in public proceedings. This is in stark contrast, stark contrast to Dodd-Frank's so-called orderly liquidation authority, whereby government bureaucrats can exercise vast discretion to favor some creditors and impose losses upon others. Second, the bankruptcy process provides certainty for stakeholders to understand how the firm will be treated based upon centuries of well-settled legal precedents. The lack of certainty created the dangerous ad hoc policies of 2008, which helped precipitate the financial crisis in the first place. Third, and perhaps most importantly, bankruptcy does not, does not depend <coughs> upon taxpayer funds to bail out, liquidate, or organize a failing, reorganize a failing institution. The Financial Choice Act takes other needed steps to end bailouts. For example, we prohibit the use of the Treasury's Exchange Stabilization Fund to bail out a financial firm or its creditors and impose significant new real constraints on the Federal Reserve's Emergency Lending Authority. To ultimately end taxpayer bailouts, we must also end Washington's ability to designate any institution is too big to fail, and that's exactly what the Financial Choice Act does. We must forever rid America of a system that says capitalism on the way up and socialism on the way down. If we lose our ability to fail in America, we may one day soon lose our ability to succeed. That's true accountability, and accountability is at the heart of our Republican reform plan. If we are to successfully protect consumers and grow our economy, we must demand greater accountability from both Washington and Wall Street. 
The Financial Choice Act makes sure that every financial regulation passes a rigorous cost-benefit test, also known as common sense. So we'll know a proposed rule's impact on economic growth before it takes effect. This is a rather novel and foreign idea to Washington's ruling elite. We will put all the financial regulatory agencies on budget, the bare minimum level of accountability to we the people is to have their elected representatives in Congress control the power of the purse. Again, if this strikes our liberal friends as a novel and foreign concept, I would politely suggest that they consult Article 1, Section 1 of the United States Constitution. Critically important plank of our Washington accountability plan is the RAINS Act, of which many of you are familiar recently passed the House and it would require all major financial regulations to first be approved by Congress before they can take effect. This will effectively return Article 1 lawmaking back to the United States Congress. This reform alone can have dramatically positive impacts on our nation's economic growth. Next, the Financial Choice Act repeals the Chevron Doctrine, doctrine something the full House uh, has done requiring the judiciary give deference to financial regulatory agencies' interpretation of the law. The doctrine is unfair and it is a front to due process and justice and must be repealed. But just as unaccountable bureaucrats in Washington can harm our economy and consumers, so can illegal activity by bad actors at financial institutions. That is why we must ensure consumers and investors are protected treated fairly and have access to competitive, transparent, innovative markets that are vigorously policed for both force and fraud. Therefore, the Financial Choice Act will impose the toughest penalties in history for financial fraud, self-dealing, and deception. We will double the cap for the most serious securities laws violations, and we will allow for triple monetary fines when penalties are tied to illegal profits. But as fines and penalties increase, so must due process rights. Too many citizens have been shaken down by their government. Thus, we will provide an immediate right of removal to federal court for respondents in SEC and CFPB administrative proceedings. We will ensure that disciplinary proceedings are public, that regulatory entities created by Congress are subject to full congressional oversight, and that other due process rights are substantially strengthened. After holding both Washington and Wall Street accountable, our reform plan next focuses on reigniting America's entrepreneurial spirit by increasing capital formation and financing options so more Americans can create, build, and innovate. Among these reforms are those that repeal the misguided and unnecessary local Modernize the regulatory regime for business development companies so they can invest more in small and middle market companies and eliminate onerous and unnecessary regulatory burdens that restrict small businesses' ability to access capital. Other pro-growth reforms in our plan will provide much-needed relief to community financial institutions that are being crushed by the sheer weight, volume, cost, complexity, and uncertainty of Washington's Dodd-Frank regulatory burden. Financial Choice Act requires financial regulators to tailor regulations so they fit a bank or credit union's business model and risk profile. This allows America's small hometown bank and credit unions to focus their time and resources 
on serving their customers and building their communities rather than dancing to the dictates of Washington bureaucrats. As a nation, we re recently celebrated our day of independence. One of the many, many blessings of being an American is that if we don't like the direction the country is going, we have the freedom to change it. We can put these Obama years of disappointment and decline behind us. We can restore our national prosperity and we can replace an over-regulated society with an opportunity to survive. Our future can be one where every citizen benefits from an America with the most free, competitive, transparent, and innovative financial markets the world has ever known. An America where the economic liberties of every citizen are again prized and respected. An America of boundless opportunities for all who work hard, play by the rules, and dream big dreams. We all know it can be done. As President Reagan once reminded us, we don't need to envision new principles to restore a vibrant economy and win the future, quote, as long as we remember our first principles. The future will always be ours. The Financial Choice Act rests on those principles, and I hope it earns your support.